0: Thank you for joining me today. If you are listening sometime off in the future, um, I am recording this in May of 2020, the time in our world, not just our country, our world, that we are going through the pandemic, dealing with COVID-19, the coronavirus. It's a unique time in our world, and I'm not going to harp on that specifically, but the context. Uh, might be helpful, although the message is universal. The thing that I want us to really focus on today is how important it is that we fill in the darkness. I don't mean dwell in it, but we can't ignore it. The dark must be addressed so that the light can flourish. This is important. Acknowledging the dark answering the what ifs, filling in that empty space allows us to create a foundation so that the light can stay steady and strong. It's important, beloved, that we acknowledge the fears, the worst case scenarios, that we look at it and we decide what we can do, that we have a plan of action to set us free at the risk of creating any fear that is unnecessary. I do have a specific example. My children are currently in the fourth grade. Their schools, obviously, like everyone else's, have been shut down, and we are doing crisis-level at-home schooling, which is not the same as normal at-home schooling. It's not the same as normal virtual schooling. It is, um, you know, sudden (laughs) schooling. And I'm being faced with the knowledge that when the fall comes around, when fifth grade starts, the school environment, let's put safety aside, let's decide it's safe. It will be different. The rumors, we'll call them for now, but I do have a lot of connections within city government and um, school district, right? The general consensus is that school will be on a much more limited basis come fall that we will be looking at 2 days in the building 3 days virtual or half day in the building something like that much smaller class sizes to help keep everybody more socially distant and doing virtual learning to be its companion i personally am looking at two factors what will the mental emotional effects be on my kids what will the academic effects be if this is a new sort of piloted first time ever done thing? If there's a potential for another shutdown as we continue to strive for what is going to get this virus under control, which, by the way, I do choose to acknowledge that at any given moment, we could find the thing that stops this in its tracks. I want to be able to hold on to the light. I want to be able to focus on on the good that can come out the other side, on the potential for school to actually maybe possibly have some semblance of normalcy. But in order to do that, I must fill in this empty space, this what if, what will I do if, if I'm not comfortable with what school will look like. So I did my homework. I found a legitimate long existing virtual public school and have begun the enrollment process for my children. I wanna make sure that I am not put in the last minute to make a decision, and if I am, that I still have a choice, that I wouldn't end up waitlisted or anything else. And quite honestly, just beginning that process has filled in that space between the foundation of what can I say to my children, what can I hold in the light as the potential for best case scenario. Knowing that that is filled in, helps me breathe, helps me stay focused, helps me trust highest good, because I have some choice there, not waiting to find out that the building is going to sink into a sinkhole. (laughs) I, uh, I use that example because when I was in college, I went to Auburn. It was an even smaller town then than it is now. They built a, a big grocery store. It was a Minyards or something. And everybody was super stoked, right? This was a really nice building, the kind that you would have, you know, the kind of fancy grocery stores that you might have anywhere here around uh, Dallas, whatever. And everybody was super excited. Within a few months, this thing started to sink. It was literally like sinking and sliding because they built it on top of like an old bog or something and they didn't fill it in. They didn't fill it in. And so the best laid plans, the most beautiful design was failing and sinking and not safe. I don't want to be like that, (laughs) right? We don't want to be like that. Whether it's Well, anything. And so what do we do, beloved? We address the dark. What will I do if? What will I do if my kids can't be in school full-time and I need to adjust my work schedule? Well, let's think about it now. Let's come up with a plan. Maybe we never have to pull the trigger on plan B or plan C. Maybe it's just there to help us feel supported while we wait through the uncertainty. This is important. Because that foundation of knowledge helps us hold steady so that the light can be strong and bright. I was on the phone today with a client, one of my regulars. He's someone who often says things that click and shoot off light bulbs in my head. They're often quips and quotes and things he's heard from some self-help book or whatever, but they are helpful. And he said to me today, knowledge is not power, applied knowledge is power. There are so many directions we could go with that statement that knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is power. But if we take this and we put it into this conversation that we're having, right, not specifically about school, not specifically about COVID or lockdown or quarantine or whatever, but specifically about this idea that we need to fill in the darkness, that we need to answer it, address it it's not enough to know it's there. When they built that grocery store in Auburn, Alabama, I dare say they knew the bog was there. They didn't apply any information to that. They didn't support it in any way. To just have the knowledge of saying things could be different. School could look like two days a week or, or whatever it is to just have that information. There's no power in that. That doesn't help me. I apply what I know and I make a decision that then makes me feel powerful. How can you apply this in your world? Whether you're listening to this in the current moment in which it is released or far up even years into the future, how can you take that and apply this knowledge that we must address the darkness, the what-ifs, the uncertainty. We must, because then we are free. There is um, one of the Dalai Lamas or, <laughs> or someone, uh, I saw a video a while back, and he said, we don't laugh twice, so don't mourn twice either. And he went on to talk about how, you know, when we hear a joke We don't laugh at it the second time, or if we do, it's much, much diminished, right? He was saying, if we go ahead and we deal with what evokes any emotion close to mourning, if we deal with that in the present moment, when it is presented, we take its power away. Just like when we hear a joke and we belly laugh, it's never going to strike us quite the same way again. We accept that. Let's accept the true about the, the truth about the reverse as well. Let's deal, beloved. Let's deal with how we feel. Let's deal with the what ifs. Let's deal with the knowledge, with the information, with whatever it is, even if it's just a rising up of hormone-based emotion. Let's deal with it. Let's find out what it reveals to us. What is it telling us? Is it telling us that it's time for a plan? Is it telling us that we need to deal with our emotions on a daily basis better? A lot of people do that. They put things off in the corners of their mind. They ignore it. They bottle it up. They do whatever. They socially distance themselves <laughs> from what they're going through. This is a mistake. They're not dealing with it. It's brewing. It's growing. It's growing. We've got to deal with with it. We have to look at it so it can reveal the truth to us, so we can get to the essence of the thing I say in every episode, every week. What do I learn and how do I grow? What is it that the message is for me? We get that knowledge. We apply it. We use it. That is power. It allows us to appeal against the lower courts of human thought. we can reverse what the baseness, the fear of us has implanted when we respond, when we deal and that we'll never have as much power again. If I were to take this knowledge I have been given about what school will probably look like this coming fall, if I just took that and pushed it down and bubbled it down, not only would it brood, brood yeah brood and grow more fear and anxiety and and really omission or lack of truth to my children when they want to know what's going on when the moment did come when I did finally have to deal with it it would be huge and gross and ugly (laughs) right and and the, the minyards would sink into the ground no beloved Deal with it. Deal with it as it comes up, when it can still be managed, right? Handle it before it becomes a problem. Then we can appeal, right? We can appeal just like the courts, right? It's when a higher court reverses the decision made by a lower court, right? The Supreme Court, whatever, okay? And We can do this within ourselves. We can say, all right, human brain, this fear and distrust that you have decided should be applied to this moment in time, this issue, this person, whatever it is, we can appeal it and we can make a different, better decision. It goes in the reverse as well. Sometimes the higher court needs to tell us, you thought that asshole was nice and you were wrong. There are layers, beloved, but they are only revealed when we deal When we apply our knowledge, when we look into the darkness, remove what we can and fill in the void that it creates, sometimes we shine the light, we look and we realize it's not this big pit of despair. It's just a tiny little cavern, like maybe a tree will get sucked in, not the whole grocery store, (laughs) right? We have to fill in the negative cannot build our house on a sinkhole we cannot build faith in truth and light when the darkness is waiting to suck us back in we must use our time well beloved we must evaluate what we are feeling and ask ourselves is it real or is it because we have avoided dealing with something that could actually be solved. When I chose the online school that I would do, right? I momentarily thought, okay, now I know, and thought about just setting it down. But there was still this unsettled feeling inside of me, something that felt like there was still a hole there. So I went ahead and I started the process of enrollment which happened to include a phone call in which the lady said this is a really good idea that you're getting this done because of the potential for a wait list. Two things happened. One, the intuition, that feeling of do something, do something, do something probably saved me from having drama if I had waited a month or longer to handle the situation. And Even though there are still some documents to turn in and some finalization to go, I feel the relief of that hole filled in, the confidence to be able to focus on the light, to focus on today, to focus on summer vacation for the kids, right? To focus on that whatever comes to pass will be highest good for my children and my family. And I know that there are some people thinking about the families who cannot make the choice to fully educate their children at home. Those families are part of why I will, if I can, and to deem it necessary. Because for the children who can't, I can help release the load. And that helps me feel like I am doing something on a very human level for other people. Does that make sense to you, beloved? Part of the social responsibility revealed by, well, really life itself, but forced into our face with this moment in time is that we are a species, right? And while it is not my responsibility to solve the problems of everyone in a different boat than I am in, it is my responsibility to make any choice I can for my family that might make the world, the school system, the whatever it is, (laughs) right, a little safer and a little better for everyone walking this planet with me. I do have to add that it's easy to fall into the, the pit hole. Pit hole? <laughs> yeah. Of thinking too much about what others are going through. Of taking our gratitude and turning it into hyper focus on the people who are in the boat that has holes in it. Right? Or they're floating on a door like the chicken Titanic. If you can acknowledge that without it evoking um, fear and pity and mourning from you, fantastic. If you can do something, if you can donate food or money or something, do it. But if all the thoughts of those other boats do in your mind is create within you fear and angst. And look away. Our energy has power. And if you're adding more fear and negativity, it is not a direction that you should cast your eyes. It is actually more loving to look away until you are strong enough to help in energy, if not effort. Let that soak in, beloved. Let it make sense to you. We're going to deal, reveal, and appeal. We're going to look at what's going on. We're going to reveal what it is we are supposed to figure out. And we are going to appeal against the fear of the baseness of our human experience, of our human thoughts, of what we think we are supposed to feel, of what we think we are supposed to do. And we are going to turn towards the light because once we fill in that space, whether it is with decision-making, like that school enrollment. Or recognizing we don't have the bandwidth to cast our eyes on the dark that isn't ours today. When we do that, then we can stand on the foundation of light. That Pollyanna minded person that you know that is singing la, la, la and pretending that no one is suffering right now. Maybe that's the best that she can do. And if she is holding that energy, it is much more productive and useful than the person who spends all day in worry and fear for themselves or others. Beloved, address the dark and live in the light. Now, if you've been listening to me for very long, you know, I have a book called Master Meditations. It is by Donald Curtis. It was given to me by my mentor. His name was Max uh, many, many years ago uh, in 2000, actually. Oh my gosh, 20 years ago. He was not a psychic intuitive mentor. He was a spiritual human being (laughs) mentor. Anyway. He gave me this book, and it has little affirmations for every day of the year. And the one for May 8th, the day that this episode will be launched, is a perfect ending to our lesson today. I'm going to share it with you now. The Spirit is light, life is light. I am light. The bright, shining essence of eternal life illuminates my mind, my heart, my body, and my soul. Light vibrations enliven my body and make me whole, strong, and pure. Light enlivens my mind so that I may think clearly. My heart is filled with warmth and peace. Quietly, as I dwell at the center of warmth, the energy of the infinite flows out, becoming all good things in my life. Allow it to flow through you, beloved. The light. Address the darkness so that the light can shine clear. Think about those rainbow prism crystals that you hang in the window. All you have to do is keep them clean, (laughs) right? And then the sun shines through. It does all the work to cast rainbows on the world. We have the power to be the crystal, to harness the light and let it flow through. Let that be your goal today And every day. Until next time, beloved. Namaste. Hi, my name's Chacha, and I've been with Jennifer for a long, long time. I'm probably one of her oldest clients. Maybe not chronologically, but by years. (laughs) Jennifer is amazing. Um, She speaks the truth. She knows things that nobody knows, and I don't know how she does it. The best way to describe her is she is like a thousand-year-old Dalai Lama. And she's so young, but she is so wise. My whole family knows her. We love her. We will always support her. And she is just simply the best. How was that? It was beautiful. (laughs) beautiful beautiful. it's not a touch screen though you have to click the button oh i'm sorry no it's okay (laughs) thank you thank you for joining me today for this episode of lessons from the universe with jennifer hall it is my privilege to have your ear and your time come out find me on social media visit one of my seminars book an educational session however it is that i can support you i'm here remember beloved There's a little Burnett with a podcast who's got your back.